I'm Stefan Sittig, and welcome to American Theatre Artists Online, where we talk with leading contemporary figures in American theatre. If you've been enjoying the American Theatre Artists Online podcast, I urge you to consider donating to help the artists who produce the theatre that we all love so much. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Many performers, designers, directors, choreographers, stage crew, and theater administration staff are either without a job or in peril of losing their jobs. The Actors Fund provides assistance to artists to cover basic living expenses, such as food, essential medications, utilities, and more. If you love and enjoy theater, please consider donating to the Actors Fund today. Just go to actorsfund.org and press donate. My guest today is award-winning Broadway veteran Florence Lacey, who holds the world record for the most performances of Eva Peron in Evita, having played the role on Broadway, in the national tour, and on several international tours. She has also starred on Broadway in The Grand Tour, Hello, Dolly, Les Miserables, and the most recent Tony-nominated revival of Follies. Her professional career in musical theater around the world spans four decades and many thousands of performances, and she has shared the stage with such Broadway legends as Carol Channing, Joel Grey, and Bernadette Peters. She is also a well-known star of many regional theaters across the country, having performed dozens of lead roles, including Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard, Sally Durant Plummer in Follies, and Madame Armfelt in A Little Night Music at the Tony Award-winning Signature Theatre. And she also appeared in Sunday in the Park with George at the Kennedy Center as part of the Sondheim Celebration. Hi, Flo. Well, hello, Stefan. A long time. Yes, how long are you? Long time no see. <laughs> it's so great to have you on American Theatre Artists Online. Thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed. It's my pleasure. 
And now I know just to clear up something at the top, I'm calling you Flo, but of course your professional name is Florence Lacey, and that's the name that most people listening in on this podcast will probably recognize. I know that I myself used to look through um, cast albums in Broadway when I was a kid and listening in my in my room as a teenager and reading up on all Broadway musicals and trivia and all sorts of details about the exciting world of musical theater and theater in general. And your name came you know through several times as a as a young person i was always looking and and finding out more about you because you have a really interesting career in the theater i've had a very very lucky career i've been very blessed i've had a long career too i've been in the theater for over 50 years so it's um you know i feel very lucky that i got to do what i love for such a long time and with such satisfaction yeah, and, and so well, right? And at this point, you are, I would think, an expert in, in musical theater and playing these amazing leading ladies. Of course, people probably know your name best from your relationship with the musical Evita, which you played the character of Eva Peron. Let me get this right. Probably more than anyone else, over 3,000 performances? I stopped counting at 3,000, <laughs> but I did probably about four more years after that. Wow, that's a lot. It's probably closer to 4,000 or something. I don't know. That's a lot. A lot lot of performances all over the world. So, I mean, how lucky was I? I got to see the world like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I just look back at my life and I can't quite believe that all of that happened to me. (laughs) Yeah, I could imagine. And, And I'm just curious because my mother is from Montevideo, Uruguay, which is right across the river from Buenos Aires. Um, and so I wonder, did you ever get a chance to perform in Buenos Aires or nearby? No. Uh, in the years when I was doing Evita, we, those of us who were playing the character were sort of advised not to go to Argentina and not to think of taking our vacation in Argentina because the album, just the album of Evita was banned in Argentina at the time. Right. And they said they know who you women are who are playing this role. So you uh, might, you know, be a dangerous sort of adventure. So that's amazing. No, I've yeah. never, I've never even been to Buenos Aires. Oh my God. Well, you know, I've seen now several people who are, who are smart and look online can find clips of you playing the role of Eva Peron um, and beautifully playing it. And the accent, the dialect, I mean, you really, um, when you say the words in Spanish that are in the in the script, um, you say them so authentically. Did you did you work with a coach? Did you just do research? Because you really embody, I think, the character of Eva Peron the more closely to to real life that I can from footage and things. I think than anyone I can think of. Thank you. That must only have to do with the direction I got from Hal Prince. I I don't remember being coached in the language at all, but I've certainly studied everybody's recording of Edita that existed at the time. So I must have picked it up from Patti Lapone or Elaine Page or somebody. Wow. Well, there's a variety of different versions out there when you listen, obviously, to 
uh, for those of us who listen to the cast recordings of, of Eva Peron and, and in the musical Evita. And it's really amazing to see how all of you are so wonderful and yet so different. And that's what's so fantastic about about the theater, I think, and the way you guys interpret it. What was your take? So, you know, you're, you, how, so talk, let's talk a bit about, let's, let's dive a little deeper into this, because this is really interesting, I think. Um, talk to us about the role and how it, it's figured prominently, obviously, for you, and how did it come about? Like, were you there at the beginning with Patti LuPone? Were you called in after? How, how, did, you, how did your association with Evita evolve? Well, um, I, auditioned, I auditioned for a long time for this role. Um, I got cast when Darren Alte was leaving the Los Angeles company to take over for Patti LuPone mm. um, on Broadway. But uh, the thing that I loved about my direction from Hal Prince was that he said to me, look, uh, we've really examined all these women who have played this role already have examined so much of Ava's anger, so much of that. I want you to find for me everything that Ava loved. Mm-hmm. Show me everything she loved. So I think that's why my take on it, Ava, was maybe a little bit different, yeah. maybe a little, uh, maybe a little bit warmer, maybe yes. a little bit. I don't know, whatever. That's what because I. Because really asked me to do that, mm-hmm. and I took that note for the twelve years that I played Evita. I yeah. thought about that every single day. Wow, you know, I think that's so great that you share that because I think that shines through. When in what I've seen, I can have not seen your entire performance. I was not fortunate enough to see that, but in the clips that I have seen of some of the scenes. I, that's what comes through to me. There's a warmth and a humanity to her that wasn't always, you know, uh, the case maybe perhaps in the original production and in other other way. You know, there was a lot of other things that they were trying to achieve with with telling the story. So I thought that was really a nice touch. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was sort of sort of proud that that stimulation just kept my blood flowing in that role for such mm-hmm. a very long time. Mm-hmm. And how did you stay? healthy and sane you know ethel merman said being in order to be in a a lead in a broadway musical you have to live like a nun i could imagine that having to play ava perone in evita she's in like what 24 of the 26 scenes or something and she sings the whole time and crazy crazy rangy music hot belting whatever those notes are up there how did you stay healthy through that whole 12 years of doing something like that well, I did take very good care of myself. I also think I had really good vocal training mm. in my high school years and in my college years. I really had a good vocal technique. I think that was key to what, and I think I was just kind of born to belt like that. Mm. I just naturally sang that way. So I, I think that was part of it too, is that I, I just, did I take care of myself? Well, I mean, I was... <laughs> seeing the world i was traveling you know i would do a travel and play and sing evita and be on stage the entire time i mean even when the character of evita is not in front of your eyes there is hysteria going on in the wings with costume changes and wig changes and makeup changes there's so much happening that you're from my perspective of it you're never off the stage Mm No, um, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's one of those roller coaster roles that once you start, you really it's up and it's all over the place until you end. You really don't get a moment's rest. 
That's exactly right. Exactly right. And then add to all that the adventure of all the travel that I did while I was playing Evita. I mean, I did play her on Broadway, but that was a short stint. And the rest of the time, I was on the road and really actively on the road. So, and this was yeah. the international. So I guess I was a tough cookie. What yeah. can I say? Yeah, and you were a tough and still are a tough cookie. And, you know, several <laughs> international tours, right? So we're talking about you really did get to see a, a, a large, a lot of different uh, cities and places around the world. What what did you feel? Was was the reaction different of, to the play in different uh, countries that you were in? Yes. Uh, uh, yes, definitely. I think in Europe, especially, uh, the audience is really treated Evita like an opera, and they had great appreciation for the sung-through musical that uh, I'm not sure Americans were quite ready for. Mm. I'm not sure even the Canadians quite got it the same way. I mean, we had wonderful audiences, don't get me wrong, in, in both the United States and in Canada, but... In Europe, it was just a passion. Uh, I, I could, the first performance I did in, in Europe was in Zurich. And I got to play the Zurich Opera House, which was a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. And I got 13 curtain calls that night. Wow. I've never experienced anything like that before. People were on their feet screaming. I mean, yeah. they were throwing flowers at me. The whole stage <laughs> was covered with flowers. It was just the craziest reaction. I think back on that, and that's my favorite moment in the theater, I, I was gonna, was playing sure. the Zurich Opera. Zurich Opera, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds like a, a wonderful experience. It was. It was. It was tremendous. I could. I could come to tears thinking of it right now. Wow. It's been a long time. I thought about that particular night. So the the Evita the Evita journey for you really was a, like you said like a twelve year journey of really traveling the world and probably the U.S. as well because you were in one of the national tours as well, right? I did five national tours oh in the United. Three national tours in Canada, and then I spent six years in in Europe That's, and Asia. The only place in Asia I played was Singapore, which was uh, another thrilling experience. Uh -huh. But yeah, I spent a lot a lot of time in Europe. It must be in the Guinness Book of World Records here, uh, Flo, somewhere <laughs> that you, uh, of all perform professional performers who have performed not just in Evita but in any. Role. I can think of maybe, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of someone else who may have played a specific role in a musical that many times in that many places. Yeah, I, I truly can't think of anyone. <laughs> we need to ask Seth Rudetsky. He knows everything about all the... Yes, the, the, I'm sure, all. <laughs> yeah, you need to be on his show so that you can you can talk to... And I'm sure he'll tell you he'll tell you yes or no. But, well, okay, so that's Evita. And, but that, you know, what's so amazing, Flo, is that you've done so much. As you said, it's a long career. It's been a very long and continual career. Um, that Evita, as big of a prominent place as it plays in your career, it's really just a part of what you've done because you really, um, there are a lot of little things and nuggets that if people don't know, they really need to know. For example, your participation in the Broadway production of uh, Jerry Herman's The Grand Tour and Hello, Dolly. That um, in the, now remind me, in Hello, Dolly, let, let me see if I get this right. You were in the first revival, correct? I was in the revival in 1978. Okay. That's where I made my Broadway debut. And as playing the character of? 
Irene Malloy. Wow. Wow. And yeah. opposite, opposite, who were you playing opposite? Opposite Lee Roy Reams. Opposite Lee Roy Reams. Cornelius. And was Carol Channing in that as well? Was she in that? Yes, in that she was. Revival, in that yes, she was. So you got to play yeah. opposite Lee Roy Reams, who's fantastic, and Carol Channing. So what was the experience? Let's shift a bit. What was the experience of Hello, Dolly like for you? Um, of course, this happened before you went on the whole Evita Rainbow Tour. Uh, <laughs> so you did... Uh, <laughs> Hello, Dolly. First, what was that experience like? Or starting on Broadway in in, or was it your? You said your your Broadway debut. Well, it was kind of. It was more than exciting. It was kind of like a Hollywood discovery kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I was living in Los Angeles, and I had done a small tour with Rock Hudson, and he invited me to his house for dinner one night after our had closed and okay wait a minute Flo you're blowing my mind here Rock Hudson so you were on stage uh, with a Rock Hudson uh huh yeah I know my my life is so crazy that's fantastic I know that you performed with Estelle Parsons as well but let's let's talk about Rock Hudson so keep sorry keep going with the story but I had to do a sidebar (laughs) there because Rock Hudson everyone listening in is going what was he like and you know so okay go ahead tell the story Rock, Rock was a doll. He was an absolute sweetheart. I, I loved him so dearly. And he invited me to his house for dinner one night after our tour. And as the evening was going on, he, he asked me to sing. And he had this guy playing the piano. And he asked me if I knew a Jerry Herman song. And I said, well, I know ribbons on my back from Hello, Dolly. And I looked at the piano player. I said, do you know that song? And he said, yeah. And he said, what key do you do it in? I said, gee, I don't know. Uh, just play it. I'll sing it. And so I sang the song and the crowd went crazy. All these people who were at Rock's dinner party were just on their feet screaming. And then Rock walked up to the piano and said, Flo, I think it's time for you to meet your piano player. This is Jerry Herman. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And Jerry, Jerry said to me, I promise I'm going to remember you. Uh, he said, if I had a show running on Broadway, you'd be in it tomorrow night. <laughs> and I thought, oh, sure, he's going to remember me. Six months later, he called me out in Los Angeles and said, I want you to come to New York. I want you to make your Broadway debut as Irene LaRoy in Hello, Dolly. Wow. And that's how my career got started. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that is an amazing story. I was about to ask, have you written a book? Because if not, that, that needs to figure prominently in your book. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yes, uh, so, yes. so not, it wasn't enough that it was Jerry Herman. You also had to have Rock Hudson thrown in there in that story. Come on, Flo. That's amazing. I mean, I don't think that happens very often in anyone's life. No, I, I, that's why I said it's like a Hollywood story. It's like something you can't believe. It's like... <laughs> So there, you end up, so there you go. Like yes, absolutely. In the in the old school way, the way you know, like Lana Turner at Schwab. So you you are you basically go into Hello Dolly then on Broadway. You open in Hello Dolly. What was that experience like for you the first time on Broadway? Because you would go back many times, but this is your first time. What was that like? Well, my very first time. Now we what we did with this company of Hello Dolly. It was a new company, mm-hmm. and we toured for a year, and then we and then we went on Broadway and opening night, I made my first entrance as Irene Malloy. Nobody knew me, but I got this entrance applause that was crazy because they recognized the costume (laughs) 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 from the the original production. Oh, wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Wild. So to make 
your first entrance on Broadway and get applause was... That must have been... You it were, was, were you wondering why are they applauding or did you know it was the costume? Well, uh, I sort of thought, okay, they recognize the character. They recognize that this is the person who's going to sing ribbons down my back and wow. it only takes a moment, you know? So, wow. so. I... I, I Yes, I kind of knew what that was about. I knew they didn't know who I was. Yeah, what an amazing. So, okay, I think this yeah. is a good time. I mean, this, that was a brilliant story, and, I, you know, it, it's hard to follow that one up. But I, now I think what I, I want to know more about is you. I want to know more about how did you get your start in this crazy business? We talked about your Broadway debut, but you were, were, you were singing before then. I assume you were performing, and you, you had done things prior to that. So what, what was it for you that... Was it something you always wanted to do? You said you always had a, a, a belting voice, but um, did you have someone that led you in the way kind of into theater or was it something you always wanted to do? How did, how did it come about for you? Well, it's kind of a silly, kind of a silly story. I, I, you know, I grew up in a small town in, in Western Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Eastport, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my, I did I loved singing and I went to an all girls Catholic high school and the boys high school had all the money to do things like musicals and the spring musical was always at the boys high school. Well, I auditioned and I got, I came home with the leading role and my mother was shocked because I was the shyest person you'd ever meet. But when I got on stage, I guess I felt at home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I, that's sort of how I got started. That was the first role I played. It was uh, Little Mary Sunshine. Oh, I love that show. Yes. Operetta. Yes, I, yeah, a little operetta. And uh, <laughs> it was, it, I got the bug, but I didn't know you could actually do this with your life. I didn't really understand that when I was in high school. So I, I was going to be a nurse. And I was, um, it was, I think my junior or senior, I think it was my senior year of high school. I was riding home from, from high school with a, a, a girlfriend that I knew. And she said to me, so what are you going to do when you graduate? What do you, what do you want to do? I said, oh, I guess I want to study nursing. And she said to me with, with a voice like that, you want to study nursing? What do you want to do that for? <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, you should be an actress. What's wrong with you? So I spent the whole weekend thinking about it. And I finally got the courage to talk to my mother about it. Growing up, it was just my mother and I. My father died when I was only a year old. My mother always said, if your father had lived, he would never have allowed you to be an actress. Mm, mm, <laughs> but, yeah. but my mother was as naive as I was. And so she said, you want to be an actress? Oh, okay. Mm. Well, let's start looking into colleges. Oh, yeah, good. So, I'm glad she was supportive. Yeah. And so then, you, yes, she was very supportive. So, she always was. So then you get to you get to to college and you start to study theater more in depth, or were you studying other things as well, or what did you what did you how did you hone in on your craft, as they say? Well, I went to, I went to um, Point Park. College. Mm -hmm. Now it's Point Park University yeah. in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And it, I was in the second graduating class of the drama department. Mm -hmm. um, it was a newly formed department. 
and it was connected with the Pittsburgh Playhouse. And there was an equity company at the Pittsburgh Playhouse. So I got this wonderful education actually working in professional theater as a kid, right? Yeah. As a freshman in college. Wow. And so I got to learn sort of some of the realities of trying to build a career and a life in the theater. I, I got that education very young. And, um, yeah, I felt very, very lucky about all that. Um, when I graduated, I went to, to New York. I did one off-Broadway show that failed, that closed in one night. Mm -hmm. So then I decided to go to L.A. And I went to L.A. and didn't work for a couple of years. I was just, you know, hostess at a bank and stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. I was just, sure. just making ends meet, really, really struggling. And, but I kept auditioning. And I auditioned for John Houseman, believe it or not. I auditioned for John Houseman for a production of a piece called John Brown's Body. Mm -hmm. It's the Stephen Vincent Benet poem that's read by three actors and backed up by an a cappella chorus. Mm. And John Houseman chose to use us like kind of like a Greek chorus, sort of in and out of the drama of the story. Well, Rock Hudson was the star, mm. along with Life Erickson and wow. um, Claire Trevor. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, some big, big names. Mm. Yeah. And I was, I was young enough to be her daughter, but I was Claire Trevor's understudy. <laughs> so yeah. I never got to go on, thank God. But. Yeah. But yeah, and so I was that's, that's how so that connected. To, so that's what connected you to Rock Hudson. Exactly. Yeah, and the then Rock, come true. Rock got my real career going. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah. so now the full, the, now I see the thread then coming together then with that story. So, wow, I mean, that's pretty amazing and I, there's something that I've wanted to ask you and it's kind of a, a deeper question about musical theater but I think you are perhaps one of the best people to answer it and I hope you're, you're willing to answer it so you have the distinction of having performed on Broadway now in the 70s the 80s the 90s and even more recently in the revival of Follies in around 2012 was it on Broadway. So you have now spanned seeing Broadway and how it's developed and changed from the 70s to today. Um, what do you think? Um, what's different? What's different with performing on Broadway back then versus today? And what has changed in your view, for better or worse, or both, and, and, and on and off stage? How, what do you think? You, you have that perspective of having seen that large swath of, of time in one profession on Broadway particularly too. So what, what's that like, you think? I think I've been so lucky to see this development of musical theater because nowadays um, musical theater, you can even major in it in, in major universities. Yeah. Um, and you do see the quality of young people coming out of these universities and coming to audition in, in New York. In my day, it, you know, you could just kind of go to New York right out of high school and start auditioning and land jobs. I mean, you, you really could. Nowadays, I don't think you really can quite do that. You have to have an education. And I think that's a, a great blessing for musical theater. It's made musical theater maybe more relevant in, in a lot of ways. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the quality of the young people and 
what they're bringing to musical theater is astounding to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I teach at a at a at the School of Theater at George Mason University, and I teach musical theater, dance, and I teach stage combat. And I've been watching this generation, this, especially this one coming up now, this young, this young group. They are so incredibly talented. No, they're so incredibly talented and so, so prepared, it seems, in a ways that even my generation was, was not at all prepared. So it's funny to kind of watch how, how prepared they are and how um, skilled they are at such a young age. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so, um, let me talk to you a bit about, um, your process when you collaborate, cause you've worked with, you know, you mentioned Hal Prince, but I know you've worked with a lot of other, uh, wonderful directors throughout your, um, you know, vast career here. Um, how do you like to collaborate with the director, with other creatives to create a show? What does a good collaborative experience look like for you? And what do you need and want from your collaborators? Well, I mean, I, I love directors to love and appreciate actors and like us to bring to the table our view of the piece and the character and whatever. I, I love directors who are open to that, not directors who are um, so heavy-handed in exactly what they want, but allow the creativity to happen as a collaborative um, effort and <clears throat> so I've been very fortunate in that um, yeah I mean I've done a lot of regional theater in my later years mm -hmm. and I've done a lot did a lot of work at the signature theater yes. in uh, Arlington Virginia mm -hmm. working with my dear friend Eric Schaefer and he his his take on the theater has always been it needs to be fun and I love that I love that theater can be fun. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up Signature Theater because your association with that theater now, as you know, as those listening in theaters, you know, probably know about Signature Theater, the Tony Award-winning Signature Theater, uh, uh, that is a, a really a jewel in in the Washington D.C. area of of um, of regional theaters, as far as as I'm concerned, and really has done some amazing work over the the years, not just promoting musical theater, but also specifically the work of Stephen Sondheim, but also things that aren't talked about a lot, new works and new musicals. So Signature, why is Signature, you've mentioned why, why you know, you like working with Eric Schaefer, and I totally get that too, uh, but you've done a lot of shows there, uh, just some of the leads that you've played there, Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard, Sally Durant Plummer in Follies, and Madame Armfelt, these are just three I'm throwing out there in A Little Night Music. Um, all at Signature, and many, many more. What about Signature is appealing to you? Well, you know, I first met Eric Schaefer when I auditioned for him for a piece called The Rhythm Club. Mm. And it was supposed to go to Broadway and didn't, and I still think that piece should have gone to New York because yeah. it was such a beautiful piece. But I, I, what I love about maybe all of my regional theater experience is that it, it's... Um, it's it's so stimulating. It's working not with the not with the pressures of what Broadway is, but this other pressure, this other artistic. I don't know. I don't have the right words for it, but I find it so stimulating to work in regional theater. You know, when I was studying at the Pittsburgh Playhouse in Point Park University, my dream was to be part of 
a repertory company. Mm-hmm. That's what I really wanted. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they found out I could sing, I never got to do an acting role again. Mm-hmm. I never got to do a straight play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, every song I sing is an acting role. Yes. But but I never got to do a straight play again. But that's that became okay because mm-hmm. musical theater sort of became more dramatic, which is my forte and my passion. And, um, yeah. And so you became, you found belonging to, belonging to the signature theater, like core of people they would call on, even yes. though we were stationed in New York still, it may, oh, it just made for, for exactly my dream coming true. Right. It becomes, be. it becomes a little family and then you, you go back and it's, it's like a shorthand. You're able to work with similar uh, directors, designers, and sometimes some of the same cast members. And you do, it is sort of like a little repertory company that ends up being formed and, and you get to experiment, like you said, without the pressures of the Broadway, you know, heavy you know, financial pressure of Broadway, you get to experiment in these little theaters and, you know, and, 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 and Eric did such a great job at bringing in new works and constantly bringing in, you know, the association with Stephen Sondheim, the association with Kander and Ebb, with Cameron McIntosh, so many different outreaches and, and, and things that really were able to bring great new material. You mentioned just at a funny sidebar, the Rhythm Club. I actually auditioned for Swing Alley, which is what they called it prior to calling it Rhythm Club. And I got cast and then they decided not to do the show and to revamp it and call it the Rhythm Club. And then they did a whole new set of auditions. So I, I was there a part of that little small, a small part of that process as well, way back before, I think it was like 1999 or something. So interesting that you bring up Rhythm Club. But you see, things like Rhythm Club can be done at Signature Theater and, and to great success, right, in Washington, uh, um, for Washington audiences. But then, you know, getting it to Broadway is a whole other story. Right, exactly. I just, I don't know, I love regional theater. I always, I always have. Yes. <laughs> and you've associated with a lot of different regional theaters. You've also performed at the Kennedy Center. Um, you know, you've, you've got quite a... a uh, because you've been doing it for a while, you really have an association with, with a variety of different um, theaters, and it's really a wonderful thing to have in your career. It is. It is. Uh, it's, I'm very rich in all that, yeah. for sure. So let's talk a bit. Let's, well, since we're talking about Signature, let's, let's stay on that. I know there was a, a production also that you were in called, talking about new works, called One Red Flower, which was a, a new musical that I know uh, is dear to you and close to you, to your heart. Can you talk a bit about that show and what it was about? I think we should talk about it and promote it because it's such a lovely piece. Oh, it's a beautiful piece. It's a piece I'd love to see again sometime. Um, yeah, it's based on the letters of, and I forget his name now, but it's based on letters from Vietnam, mm. from um, soldiers in Vietnam, this one soldier in particular writing to his mother and I played the mother and it was, Oh, it was just so heartbreaking and beautiful. And yeah, that was a wonderful, wonderful production. Yeah. And you were the, were you the sole female actor in that ensemble in that that performance? Yes, I was. Yes. And with a lot of, of young men. And so a lot of whom you've, you've probably mentored or have become close to and still are friends with to this day, right? Which makes it a little friends with all those guys. Yes. yes. I just interviewed Stephen Gregory Smith and Matt Connor last, last week. So I was, I was definitely um, thinking about that show. Uh, I saw it. It's a beautiful show and very moving uh, piece uh, that is, is really heart 
art rendering. So I'm glad that, that you had a great experience with that. So um, let's talk a bit about, um, of all the shows that you've done over the years, and you've done so many, so it's hard to really talk about everything. I'd love to, to talk to hit on everything, but we'd be here for, for many hours. Uh, the, your work on Broadway, national, international tours, and at various regional theaters. Can you talk to us about one or two that we haven't talked about that may, maybe really stand out to you in your mind as ones that you were really satisfied with, and if so, why? Well, the Grand Tour um, was a very special um, production for me on Broadway. Uh, it was, uh, I starred opposite Joel Gray, and it was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was based on a beautiful play. It was a gorgeous music by Jerry Herman. And it wasn't a huge success, so I, I wish so much that some regional theater would take a look at that show sometime mm -hmm. and want to remount it because it's a, it's a beautiful story. Yes, and I read somewhere. I read, yeah, I read somewhere that uh, some critics have said that part of the reason they didn't do well was it was just up against so many huge shows at the same time that it came out, but that the show itself is actually quite solid. It's a great, great show. That wasn't the reason that it didn't do better. It has a wonderful book, and it's and it's uh, it really has a gorgeous score, mm. and. I don't know. I, I wish somebody would just look at it. Yeah, well, I, maybe they will. I kept, yeah. I kept trying to get Aaron Schaefer to do it, but <laughs> <laughs> you tried. But you know, and you know, I and, tried. but you know that some theater will pick it up at some point because, well, I, I myself um, directed a production of Jerry's Girls, and I am such a huge fan of Jerry Herman, and I got to meet him very briefly at the uh, Helen Hayes Awards many, many years ago at the Kennedy Center. Just a quick hello, thank you for everything, and he just kept chatting. He was the nicest person I met that evening, uh, you know, famous person that I met that evening. What a wonderful, what a wonderful man. He was so much fun. Jerry, I mean, Jerry, of course, was my mentor and my close dear friend. And we did a little tour together of um, an evening with Jerry Herman, mm. um, which, which played the Booth Theater on Broadway back in, oh, 1998, I think it was. I think that's right. Am I right about that? Anyway, so. it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and so you did that at the booth. Was that similar to the one that you did on the West Coast with Leroy Reams? And there's a video, uh, a DVD or video uh, that you can rent, or was that a, a separate production? That's a different production, I uh, think. Where you sing beautifully, it only takes a moment. And you oh, that was that one was um, was a concert, just yeah. a concert with the um, Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra. That is a beautiful at the video. Hollywood Bowl. Yes, at the Hollywood is, Bowl. Okay, so but Jerry Herman music, yeah. am I right? Yeah, yeah. But, but touring with touring with Jerry though was a hoot. We had so much fun together. He was just crazy, and we just laughed all the time. And then we'd have so much fun on stage at night. It was just. It was just a party all the time. Oh well, he seems yeah, like, like one of those adventure. guys. Yeah, but I, you know, going back to what I was talking about in the in the Hollywood Bowl, you said it was right in the um, singing. It only yes. takes a moment. There is something about the way you sing that song. I've heard so many other people sing it, and yet when you sing it, it's different. It's there's something. Um, you, I don't know if it's where you place it or where it sits in your voice or just happens to be, or if it's an intentional thing. But it's so much more like a. Um, 
Like, I, I think Judy Garland, I think sort of brassy kind of belter uh, show tune where it doesn't always come off that way when other people sing it. It comes off much more sweet and light. I actually really like your interpretation of yeah, I like I like to put a lot of passion in things. Yes, yes, I know that. Yeah. I've seen you on stage. Yeah, I... yeah. No, I think it's great, and I think I love the way that you that you interpret that song and make it your own. I guess you know, and it was in many ways yours. But I mean, you know, there's so many people have sung that song, and yours really stands out to me. As so, you've shared the stage, you know, with some pretty amazing people: Carol Channing, Joel Gray. These are the ones you've mentioned: Rock Hudson, Bernadette Peters. Uh, Estelle Parsons. Um, what are some of the things that you've taken away from that experience working with some of those icons? Oh, well, <laughs> at first I was, I think, very intimidated by all that, but um, they're just people just like us. I mean, working with Bernadette Peters was so much fun because she and I are exactly the same age and she is just so talented and so dedicated and so disciplined and I'm none of those things <laughs> she is just she's just absolutely wonderful I I, I love Bernadette yeah. that was great yeah. fun oh good well yeah it's wonderful to watch um you know I got the great opportunity to be able to um, work with you in Follies at Signature and see you play Sally uh Sally in um that production Follies and then I got the great opportunity to see you into the Kennedy Center in the pre-Broadway, you know, um, run of the 2012 Follies uh, where Bernadette Peters played Sally. And I got to see, and I think, I believe you were the uh, understudy or cover for that uh, as well, for that, um, because I think Eric knew you knew that role very, very well. Yes. It was great. What is your take on that particular role on Sally, uh, Sally Durant? plumber in Follies. What do you think about that character? Is is that one that you enjoyed playing? I did. I mean, I found Sally very difficult because I mm. think her emotional state is is a, a an exhausting place to live in. Mm. So, um, yeah, I found that difficult, but I really, really loved doing it. Follies was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. Mm. And at this point in my life, it is the last show I probably will ever do on Broadway. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of a wonderful full circle for me. Yeah. And yeah. So you saw and that I original. I understudied both Bernadette and Elaine Page. That's right. So and I, I got to go on on Broadway for Elaine Page. Yeah. Oh, and Car- in the role of Carlotta, right? Who sings I'm Still Here. Right. Oh, man. And I, I hope- got the thing, I'm Still Here. That's yeah. the last big song I got to build out on Broadway. Oh. I just... Love that. That's got to feel great. So when you're not on stage performing or singing, you know, what are some of the things that you like to do to relax or have fun, hobbies? Uh, what are some of the things you do when you're not on stage? I like sports. I watch a lot of sports. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a football fan. Oh, <laughs> I, I love sports. Mm-hmm. And I love listening to classical music. Mm-hmm. I spend hours every day just listening to classical music i love to read um yeah i'm yeah i'm a quiet sort of well those all sound really relaxing and fun so that's good well i guess sports can sometimes not be relaxing depending on what's happening in the game (laughs) 
But um, yeah, I, I, I can scream at the TV, or if I get to go to the stadium, I can scream in the stadium. <laughs> my my belting voice uh, works for that. <laughs> so, talk to me a bit about your. You know, you've had a long, vast career, and you've done a lot of different things. You really, no one would fault you for wanting to. Um, rest a little bit or take a bit of a break or, you know, um, you know, rest on your laurels. Do you, do you have any uh, online projects? People are doing things online now uh, because of COVID. Obviously, it's been a terrible, you know, year and a half for the theater. But um, online projects or any live ones that you want to participate in or maybe participating in this year or next or any plans? No. <laughs> well, you I'm, said that I'm really, good. I'm really kind of retired. You know, I've spent oh, 50 years traveling and building a, a, a home here in Connecticut, and I love it here. I have wonderful friends. I have a wonderful church community. I have a terrific husband who I adore, and COVID sort of forced him into retirement, mm-hmm. and kind of me too, and we're both kind of liking that, so. <laughs> You're enjoying your time together, that's nice. Now, um, your husband, if I'm not mistaken, is involved with music, correct? Uh, Tony, is that his name, Tony? No, it's Tim. Tim, Tim I'm Stella. sorry, I knew there was with Tim, a that's quite right. Tim, Tim Stella. Tim Stella, that's and, and Yeah, and he's, a, he's associate conductor at the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. There you go, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, so we, we met through Evita, mm-hmm. we met doing Evita, and we've been married for almost 35 years. Wow. Yeah. That's a and long record. <laughs> I, I, know, I know we're not supposed, nobody's supposed to retire from show business, but I feel very retired at the moment, and I'm very much liking it. I've spent so much time building this life, I want to enjoy it now. <laughs> well, you sound, you sound really um, happy about it. It's, it's coming off like a good thing for you, and I think that's important. And I think, you know, if nothing else from this year and a half of us, we've all sort of had to take a break and a pause for a year and a half, especially theater people who tend to be very, you know, go, go, go and hustle, hustle, hustle. You know, like I said, you've more than paid your dues, <laughs> Flo. <laughs> That's an understatement. Um, when we look over at all the things you've done and your wonderful memories that you've had and, and the things that you've uh, been able to achieve, I mean, like I said, no one would fault you if you wanted to take a little bit of a break. <laughs> You've done Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Now, do you, think, do you, are you like, I think so, I deserve it. You do deserve it. You've earned it. Let me ask you this, and it may not be something of interest to you, but do you um, have any affinity or interest in the teaching arts or in passing on uh, what you've done and how you've done it to others? Because I know some of the, you know, I, I spoke with Betty Buckley earlier in the season and she's teaching now online and teaching kids and teaching younger people. Is that something that appeals to you or did you do all that teaching while you were with in shows with them? Well, I have a few young people that I talk to about theater and mm-hmm. talk to about song interpretation and things like that. So I, I, I keep, I keep a little hand in mentoring a little bit, but I wouldn't say really teaching. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't feel qualified to teach. I don't know. I don't feel oh that gosh. that would be oh, a yeah. calling for me. I just don't. But I love talking to young people about their um, passions for the theater. 
Wow. Well, you know, that's a very humbling sentence, which uh, to end our interview with the I'm I'm I, I don't feel qualified to teach. I don't know, Florence Lacey. I can't think of anyone who'd be more qualified than you to, to, to teach someone about how to how to sing a song, how to interpret um, a lyric and how to uh, portray a leading lady character on Broadway, because you have done that. Oh, 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 so well. <laughs> for so many years. Thank you so much. So thank, thank you. you for being on American Theatre Artists Online. It's been wonderful being able to chat with you about some of your experiences and your fantastic and long career. Well, thank you. It's been kind of fun to wander down this some memory lane here today. <laughs> well, we truly appreciate it. And it's really um, great to have you and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Stephen. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the American Theatre Artists Online podcast. This episode was edited by Zach Walsh. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider donating to the Actors Fund today. Just go to actorsfund.org and press donate. If you'd like to share your feedback or send us comments, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at American Theatre Artists Online.